zombies have taken over the world, and the world needs heroes. Hi folks, Timothy Harvey. The Outbreak Challenge, OutbreakChallenge.com, has become a sponsor of Zompocalypse Now. Use your real-life steps and exercise to run from and battle the zombies on an interactive fitness adventure in the apocalyptic wasteland. And you can do this alone, you can do it with your friends, see who survives. They have 17 different races and challenges to choose from. All of them have unique stories and themes. If you survive the challenge, they'll send you a real-life medal. Now, this thing will easily pair with your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, other smart wearables. It is definitely a fun way to stay in shape or get back in shape after the last couple of years. We could probably all use some help with that. Now, if you want to try the Outbreak Challenge for yourself, you can save 15% off by going to their website, outbreakchallenge.com, pick the race you want, and enter in the code ZOMBIERUN to save 15% off. That's our coupon code, ZOMBIERUN you get as listeners of the show to take advantage of the outbreak challenge try this out for yourself see if it works for you thanks so much folks and now let's get into our episode do you fear the zombie uprising are you prepared to survive what's coming if you listen very carefully you might just make it out alive this is Zompocalypse Now. I'm just, I'm all depressed now because of all of the shit writing. You know what? Just once, just once, I want this show to surprise me, to go in a direction that I would go, oh my God, there are five times during this episode where I was like, that's not going to fucking happen. Or of course that's going to happen. Or I called it like way before, you know? Yeah. I don't know what you mean. This was a completely fresh and original groundbreaking episode from Fear the Walking Dead. I'm starting to feel sorry for the terrible predicament that the writers must be in right now because they have screwed the pooch as far as the as far as their characters. They're spread out all over the place. There's 50 different. I can't follow a story anymore because it's in nine different locations in it, and there's people I don't even recognize. And also, their writing is not great. Oh, I, I have a very strong feeling none of that's going to be a problem by the end of the season. You think they're going to just control alt delete this whole thing? Yeah, I oh, have geez. a feeling that by the end of this season, Fear the Walking Dead is going to be two people stumbling out of a radiate of the radiation belt, and and it's like, oh, I guess we're we're the ones now. <laughs> we're the people. We're heading towards the reboot. Yeah, this is Zompocalypse Now, by the way, folks. Our little show about things undead and our penance for the crimes we have committed against God, nature, and man, uh, for which we must pay the price of watching all the Walking Dead shows. Because, you know, there's two and a half, if you count World Beyond, and then there's going to be like a thousand spinoffs. We're looking at like seven different Walking Dead shows here. And I, for one, can't wait. My name is Timothy Harvey. And I am Dustin. And I am Curtis. And on today's cheerful, upbeat Fear of the Walking Dead episode, 
we explore some pretty important questions. Do we? No, no, we don't. Or do we spend a full hour with Dwight and fucking Sherry? And I don't even have a problem with spending time with Dwight and Sherry. And it's just that there's 10 minutes of story stretched out over 45 minutes. Do you remember that Saturday Night Live skit that was like, their names were like Bob and Diane, the couple that have been, should have been divorced years ago? <laughs> I, I don't think and, so. And it was Seth Meyers and Amy Poehler, and they would show up at a party and they would just bicker at each other, fight and fight and fight and fight. And like everything he said, she took wrong and everything she did, he took as an offense. And then like, let's take this into the kitchen. And they go into the kitchen and somebody's like, should we go check on them? They were really angry at each other. And they were like, oh, they're having sex. Yes, they're having sex. (laughs) That is who Dwight and Sherry be. They're this completely toxic couple. She does not fucking get him. And he loves her to an extent that she does not deserve. (laughs) And they are just so incredibly toxic. Their friends before the zombie apocalypse were like, God, when is Dwight going to fucking divorce her already and (laughs) sherry's friends were like because she was only friends with fucking crows i hate that woman oh oh, i don't hate her but she's got the most convoluted story in the walking dead universe she's written real bad she's neither one of them real bad neither one of them say to anybody else oh uh you know, we used to be in a place that totally wasn't, you know, irradiated. Yeah, there were a lot of crazy people around, but it wasn't this. Well, but we're we're still operating under this conceit that makes no sense that these that somehow walking away from all of this will make it worse instead of making it better, despite the fact that radiation gets less the more you walk away from it. That's just how things work. Time and distance, folks. It's the Walking well, Dead universe. Well, I think the way mess. that they're trying to to sell this, and I think, because I think they realized what they did, is I think they're trying to sell it as they don't know how far the radiation belt extends. It could be miles and miles and they don't know if they can make it through what they are neglecting to realize is that we as audience members have watched these people walk all fucking around in this radiation for the last two seasons and we figured out that no matter how far the radiation belt is they probably could have made it out by now oh yeah with all the wandering around they do yeah The name of this episode, by the way, is, and wait for it, I know this is going to be really, really hard for you to, you know, connect with what we watched, but the name of the episode is called The Raft. (laughs) And this, this fits in beautifully because the very opening scene of the episode involves The Raft. Yeah, and Sherry should have just got in there like she planned to do and just paddled off no because that was never her plan she wasn't gonna leave no because it's not in her nature to run like a fucking crazy no here is we'll get into her we'll get into whatever sherry's multi-level twist plan was when we get to it follow it i couldn't even begin to describe this episode what what occurred so everybody fought about what they were supposed to do and then they didn't do much it was a whole episode of what did we decide it was code 63 or something last week 
It was literally the yes. only dialogue was. Yes. I've got to go. No, you don't go. It's too dangerous. I'll go. Well, then let's go to get literally no one said anything else. Yep. No, the story was not moved along. They wrote this just to piss us off. <laughs> Realize that. They don't tell us that they listen, but they listen and they know and they should be goddamn ashamed of themselves or or quite frankly applauded, because if they are willing to sit there and write an episode like this just for us, that's a level of spite and vindictiveness that I can admire. I'll just wait till AMC hires me and I fire everybody. Then they'll <laughs> Yeah, there's 10 minutes of episode in this entire thing. Where do we start? Well, we start on the we beach start with, with the, the raft. fucking raft is where we start. Right. So he's got a raft and then she gets all yeah. called away from it. Yeah. So Sherry drags this raft out to the river and she gets a call from Dwight and Dwight's like, oh, she opens it up. It's an emergency raft and she opens it up and she like getting everything all ready. And then he calls her and he's like, hey, baby, you left before I woke up this morning. I just want you to do it. What's going on? And she's like, nothing fucking Dwight. I'm nothing. I'm just doing stuff. I went out to check on a thing. Stay out of my business, you friggin' fried chicken face. Yeah. What's what? What do you need to know? Why do you need to know? And so while she's trying to figure out her lie, they get uh, he tells her, well, I got a call uh, from a lady and she's like out in a place. So I got to go find her. And then, uh, and, and if you want to meet me while I'm finding her, that would be fun because I love you. And she's like, fine, I'll meet you while you're finding this lady. I hope she's like a person who can help us fight this war we're about to fight with. What's his name? And Dwight's like, oh, yeah, uh, Strand. Yeah, let's, let's go. And so they find this lady and she's just completely useless, except for she tells them that she got to them on a boat. And she went up and down the coastline and she didn't even know there was radiation, which I found very interesting because it's like, okay, so now we know we can leave by boat. Like Sherry's right. Right. Is that, did I misinterpret that? That's the way it came across. So, so they decide this lady's useless. So they send her over to Strand's tower so she can be cannon fodder later. And then they fight about that too. This is one of the many, many disagreements they will have this episode where it's like, why did she, why did you do that? Well, I did it for this reasons. Well, those are terrible reasons. Yeah, well, they're the reasons I have. Well, your reasons suck. Yeah, well, you're dress funny. And yeah, I mean, it's just. You smell. Yeah, just they're so dumb and stupid and I hate them. I liked when Sherry was an idea, when yeah. she was this ephemeral, like he's chasing after his lost love. But ever since she's shown up, she has been wishy-washy and mean and, like, antagonistic. They've not given us any reason to love Sherry the way that Dwight loves her. What happened? Did Amber Heard not be able to take the role? <laughs> Ooh, top, Ooh, topical, topical humor. humor. <laughs> Thank you. And the problem, the thing that sucks is that I know that they used to have people, there used to be at least one person on the writing staff that could do that because they did it with June. They had, we had every reason possible to hate June. She had a lot of the same issues that Sherry has. 
as a character. She her first instinct is to run. She's a little duplicitous. She is kind of like out for her or was kind of just out for her own self and her own interests. But her love with John Dory redeemed her and made her a better, stronger character in, with those. And she still has a lot of those traits. But now there's something that we can get behind. Mm -hmm. And considering how much weight they put on Dwight loving Sherry and having to find her and just to have her end up being this shrill and awful. I know that you're not really supposed to describe female characters as shrill anymore that, you know, people get all, you know, but God damn it. Here, here we run into a thing that, and we just saw it recently with, oh, I don't know, pick, pick the fandom you're in this attacking an actor for the part they're playing. So Sherry is written poorly and the actress is playing the part. I think the only way they can write the way this character is written. Part of the problem with Sherry is that she just doesn't make a lot of sense as a character. You're right. It, she was much more appealing and approachable as almost an impossible thing. Right. Because you know, the, the, the premise that I that Dwight followed her all the way from Virginia to here through a series of notes is uh, dumb. The word I'm looking for is dumb. Right. Also, also impossible. Why ain't the bitch just stop well, and wait for him somewhere? There's an entire world of places to put the notes. Yeah. How did he keep finding them? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I don't know. It was, yeah, it doesn't matter. We're, we're magic getting, plot powers. Yeah. So it's just, it's just bad. And, and so Morgan calls them and it's like, I got my baby. Meet me somewhere where we can, we can advance a little bit of the storyline of this episode. Also, I'm being chased by these walkers. I accidentally stole Strand's moat. And so they go to where Morgan is where they're beset upon by two of the worst shock trooper ranger dudes. So they get to this place and they all stand around for a second being like, where are we going now? And then these guys start shooting at them from the woods. And so Morgan and Sherry and Dwight go behind the this convenient vehicle to hide from the bullets and all the walkers, a thousand walkers, start heading towards the, the shotgun people in the woods. And Morgan goes, why are they doing this? They're just drawing the walkers to them. And then they're eaten by, you hear them being eaten by the walkers. And it's, and oh, but uh, in, in all of that, Morgan decides that it would be better if Dwight and Sherry take the baby. Poor, completely traumatized Mo. Oh, yeah. Uh, and go back to the sub and he will take the walkers to the crater that Luciana found a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And Dwight and Sherry decide to do this because maybe a kid will save their relationship. <laughs> so they all they head off in different directions. It's called dividing the party, and it always ends well. This ain't no party. The worst party I've ever been to. And, you know, the funny thing is, is how this episode doesn't have a lot going on for it, but so many things that bump us up that could have been like their own separate episodes are just mm. like shoved in the corners of this one. Because the first thing that happens is somebody from the sub calls Dwight and Sherry. It's like, don't come back here. There's a meltdown in the sub and it's no longer safe. And we're all having to leave. Convenient. 
Right. And then later, Morgan, uh, in his in his taking of the walkers to this to this thing, runs into Alicia and he's like, where have you been all this time? And she's like, don't worry about it. That was, you know, two things that might have been a little bit more interesting, but they're both things that are like, we don't need the sub anymore after this. So we need to get rid of it. We need to get these people out of there. Alicia's spirit walk is not necessarily anything we need to see. <laughs> it's it's infuriating. They can't just, I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, they got to get the, get the baby. You know what it is? You know what it is? There's a baby. Yeah, and here's the thing that, that gets me. This is one of the things that I was talking about earlier. Like, I wish the show would just freaking surprise me for one second because the whole time that Dwight and Sherry are like have this baby and are running around and like we have to keep the baby out of danger I'm like there's nothing's gonna happen to that fucking baby we already know you can't kill a baby on television it's just like well you can they're not no they're not gonna end the the end of the episode of this show of of the fear of the walking dead is not gonna be Dwight and Sherry caved in in a tube with that traumatized baby and walkers crawling in after them and then being like well we had a good run sorry that we're all gonna just be eaten and then that's the end you know sherry and the baby and dwight were all eaten by walkers and that's the end like there's not gonna do that they're not every i was like they have such plot armor anybody who's carrying that baby has is nothing's gonna happen to that person because they have if something happens then who's gonna take care of the fucking baby nothing gonna happen to that baby stop pretending that something's gonna happen to that baby by the way i would like to know where the what the safety officer he was in charge of on that set who was in charge of that baby is because i look at that kid when they've got that thing on that baby and she is screaming it's like that is not that's too young to act. That baby is in that glass thing and she is terrified. Take that baby out of that glass thing. I don't leave the kid in the glass thing. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Oh, well, we, we before we get into the tunnel, we have to talk about Wes. Oh, right. Who's who's got like his heel turn is so 100 percent complete. He even does the find them thing. So what I want to know, I really want to know, and I realize this is a fruitless question because we've asked it before, is how the hell does Wes end up in the position where they can be riding up on their horses and there he's just sitting there waiting for him in just the right spot? There's a state that they're in. 365 degrees of travel space that they have. And he's in just the right spot. Here's the thing that I always think is funny. They talk about their plans and where they are going on their walkie talkies all the time. Oh, yeah. There's only so many channels a walkie talkie can get. Everybody should be listening into everybody's conversation. Oh, it's you know how they think they've got any kind of privacy when they're like we're going to the we're going back to the that's how he knew. He's like, We were at this place and now we're going back to the sub. And Wes was listening because he knows the frequency and well, yeah but you never he's never these people are never like over on the side at a weird angle no he's like directly in their path so that you can have the dramatic shot i mean it's just like okay really really and again reminder walkie talkies actually do have finite 
distances before they start to drop off and things get in the way. These are all people walking around at like six feet tall or five between five and six feet tall. And they're holding up the walkie talkie by their mouth holes. Well, you know, the show was written by all is written by all millennials now. Yeah. Yeah. And none of the ain't none of these people ever lived in a world that didn't have cell phones. So they are just like, well, we can't have cell phones because post apocalypse. Let's just have walkie talkies and have them treated exactly the same way. Yeah. It's not not how any of this works. Wes tries to be all badass. Give me the baby. We're not going to give you the baby. No, I'm going to you're going to give me the baby or I'll shoot you. Okay, sure. And <laughs> nobody's going to shoot at that fucking baby. You shut your fucking mouth, Wes. Wes, for his trouble and being a dumbass, gets shot off his horse. Isn't He doesn't actually get shot. The horse doesn't get shot, but gets spooked and throws it. Right, because and- uh, first White's like, listen to me, I've been down this road before. Like, I know trying to just do what it takes to survive uh, when you're with somebody who is not a good dude is gonna and brings out the worst in you, and you're gonna regret this. Quit right now and come back with us because you believe. I know you believe in what we're trying to do. Wes is like, I used to believe, but but for plot reasons, I've decided that your way is stupid and that Strand's way is awesomer. And then Sherry's like, Yeah, well, okay. And so she shoots. She shoots at this horse's feet and makes it buck. You know, mm-hmm. and as they're they're driving past or, you know, riding past him, they're like, why are you lying on the ground waiting for your guys to show up? Think about what we said. He does not think about what they said. Spoiler alert. Well, and then they go into this place and have the dumbest argument about like Sherry is afraid that if they can't take the tower, Dwight is going to do what Wes has done and like go and become want to become one of strands dudes and dwight's like but i'm not that guy did that i've learned from that experience i'm not going to do it again you don't think i've learned and changed and you know become a better person and she's like not really (laughs) that just pisses him off well yeah i don't know he fought against negan and then he went on a cross country quest to find her and she's like, eh, Tate, no big thing, apparently. Right. I mean, it's like they try and make it sound like she's afraid for him, but that's not how it comes across. No. And it's just, yeah, it's a dumb argument with a dumber reveal. Oh, yeah. That's when they, they she like pours out, like he grabs her bag and all of the maps, the like, charts and stuff that she had in there like for her to bail and he's like you were you were gonna leave and she's like no i was preparing all of this for you so that you could leave so you wouldn't have to become that person again what (laughs) explain that to me again yeah um yeah she cares that much i'm not believing at all because you know she bailed on him he had to go across the country to find her we've established this this fucking altruism of people who are trying just trying to survive i don't get it well and see that's another time when it's like she has multi-level reveals during this episode and so that's one of them and it makes no sense like 
this first level just doesn't make any sense about like I was going to how was she going to get him out there and be like, OK, buddy, get on this boat, float down this river. I'm not coming with you, Behold but I'm doing this so you won't become the bad guy again. Code 63. Right. Exactly. Like how, but how did, where, what part of her plan? Like, I'm glad that it was just like a sentence in the script because it falls apart immediately. How was she going to get him out there? She wasn't going to be able to convince him to go. It's just so, it's co- so convoluted and stupid. It's like the writers went, well, we need to get Morgan and the baby in a boat at the end of this episode. Yes. That's how do we, yes. Justify that early in the episode. Right. I, I think that's a- I heard I read about this thing called Chekhov's gun and uh, it uh, you guys it doesn't always have to be a gun sometimes it could be a boat <laughs> it could it could be it could be a cow but that doesn't float good in a river <laughs> oh so, my that's reveal number one that she wasn't actually gonna bail she was trying to convince him to bail and so then Wes shows up again and Dwight convinces Sherry to run with the baby while he fights off Dwight. And then he catches up with her and she's like, where's Dwight? And she's, he's like, I fought him off. And it's just like, okay, did no you knock him unconscious? No need to explain what that means in any way. <laughs> it's so clunky. It's almost as bad as, hang on, I'll be right back. And then a rope bridge. i'm i'm if if it things didn't end for west the way they ended this episode um i would have thought that we would have a a flashback in a later episode where dwight finally convinces wes to be like a spy or or west like Mm. at that moment stops fighting and it's like you have to listen to me i am a spy or something like that but the way it ends at the end of this episode, I, I, I don't see how they could be lying that out for us. Right. <clears throat> Look, I'm glad you're doing it. If I tried to describe this episode, it would sound like a five-year-old trying to, trying to explain what happened during recess. Mm-hmm. And then Morgan gave the baby away, and then they took the baby, and they went one way, but Morgan went the other way with the zombies, and then... They went to, they got to the crater and there was no zombies there. And they were like, what? And then they decided, then I, then the other, the lady and the guy and the baby went in a bunker thing and they'd crawled through a tunnel, but the tunnel fell in. And then the zombies came into the, the tunnel building and they ate all the soldiers. And then the, then the, and then the guy, then did, then they, oh my God, Curtis, thank you. The show's over. You do the outro, but Tim, we're done. I know. It's, it's not much more to say. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. And then, and then well, let me finish then. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the zombies ate all the people, and then they dug out of the tunnel because the tunnel fell in because the zombies were footing on the top. And, 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 and and then Morgan and 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 then the lady with the robot arm, she 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 and him were waiting outside the tunnel, and they were like, "Are they gonna come out?" And then they came out, and then they and then de- the baby got on a boat and floated away. And then they decided that Morgan and the baby should be on the boat, and they put them on the boat, and they pushed the boat, and now they're going to go battle with the tower. 
that's that is 100% accurate mm-hmm. and probably as much analysis as this episode needs. Although there is another significant reveal that happens while they are down in the tunnels. Right. The second level of Sherry's reveal is that she might be pregnant. That all of this freak out was about her might be pregnant. So her plan was get her husband on a boat, get him out there, get him on a boat, convince him to leave without her and then take her pregnant ass where exactly back to the, the to the tower to the the fight in the war and die like what yeah, wait, till, and, wait till wait till fried chicken face has his re- revelation like wait a minute you were gonna hey you thought you were and then and then she put on the she did the addition and subtraction stick on her pp and they found out she was pregnant Right. That's level three later on. They're like, so she's got this huge, like multi-level marketing of reveals in this episode. (laughs) And when they find out, oh, so they they're trapped in the tunnel under the bunker. We skipped a bunch of stuff because your thing was so good. Um, (laughs) None of it matters. That's what actually happened. Right. So they're under the, they're stuck in the tunnel as caved in and they're going to die. And uh, they look at the stick and they see that she's pregnant. And oh, by the way, those don't work that way. They only have a certain shelf life and then they corrode. Like the, the results will corrode. So she's had that for like a couple of weeks. Uh, it's probably doesn't say anything anymore. I wonder how any of these things, what the shelf life of those things are like anyway. I mean, it's just like, it's just like, it's like, it's like three months. They last about three months. Everything expires though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cause you know, chemicals degrade over time. They do. Well, and of course there was like, I don't know, a nuclear winter. True. That apparently only has the effect of turning the sky brown. (laughs) Surprised they didn't have a code 63 about that. You take the test. No, it's safer if I take the test. But you're a man. It doesn't matter. So that's what makes makes Sherry be like, we're gonna live. I've got I've got a life inside of me. I want to live now. And so they they chip their way out of the tunnel. Uh my, one of my favorite parts of this episode, though, is that Wes follows them down into the bunker and they're like looking for them and he's like standing in the foreground and there's like ranges behind him and like no sign of them, sir. And he goes, find them. Like he's gone full on like henchman, like second in command villain. And it is hilarious. His turn, his turn is, it makes no sense. It doesn't. It's, it's so it's so left field out of the blue and unearned. He didn't have a long systematic kind of series of doubts about right. his group. It was just half an episode. He decides to, you know, fuck off because. You know, that is one of the things that is making me wish the show was better because then in two episodes, there would be the reveal that he is a spy, that part of him going to the tower is Daniel's plan to implant somebody for the, one of their guys close to Strand. That is the reveal that I would love to see happen. And that would explain why he had that turn so quick. And that would explain okay. uh, why he tried to get so close to Strand on, 
immediately. And mm-hmm. that would also explain this episode why Dwight just like they they don't see the end of that fight. And Dwight and Wes start fighting, and then Dwight comes over and he's like, I just see we got away, got away. But they're not gonna do that. Right. Because that would be badass if <laughs> if all these things that we have been complaining about for three weeks about Wes turns out was like, oh shit, it was all a secret plan the whole time. After they get out, they go to the beach. That's where everybody meets them by the boat. And they decide that it will be safer if Morgan and Mo get on the boat and float down the river, uh, which is going to be great because I that, think the next time we see Morgan is him him meeting up with Madison, which will be that fun. seems like that seems likely. I'm just curious, though. Surely there are other rafts. Yes, but they didn't have time to get them because the thing did a thing. Remember? No, they don't have time for that. It's just just happy luck and stance that Sherry decided to steal a raft that morning. Okay, sure. And I love how at the end, Sherry, like Dwight's like, you know, you could probably get on that raft too, considering you're uh, pregnant with my baby. <laughs> Sherry's like, nah, no, my my new desire to live is is uh, not really about that. <laughs> my place is here with you, for I have seen the light of true love or some such. But this is like the sixth or seventh time she's seen the light of true love. Oh, I her- know. <laughs> Part of the problem, biggest problem is that for all the Dwight, when we first met Dwight, he was an awful character. I mean, he was over on the regular Walking Dead. He was part of Negan's group. He was an awful character. Turned out to be a not awful person in a bad situation, just trying to make the best of it. He ends up getting scarred. Sherry escapes Negan, runs away, and he gets to the appropriate part in the Walking Dead universe storyline and goes on a quest to find her. It's kind of romantic. It's kind of sweet. When they get back together, when he finds her, like you said, there's just a question of what, why does he love her? She's awful to him. Even here where you're trying to have this, like, I could be pregnant. We could have a family. We could be a new life. She's still just awful to him. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, why would you do this? Why would you write the character this way? Well, you know, and the funny thing is, is I can't tell if the actor is helping this performance or hindering it because I don't think, I honestly don't think she's up to the task of finding a stable core in this character. Does this make any sense? I don't, I like usually we say she's a, you know, is a perfectly serviceable, you know, the performance is fine, but I don't think this performance is fine. I don't think that Sherry is a well anything. Well, like, Christina Evangelista is the name of the actress. I don't know if she's, she's a particularly great actress. I don't, I'm not familiar with her work outside of this. She's got a big task ahead of her here because Sherry's just written so poorly. So Lori had the same problem on, on original show. Mm-hmm. She was written really bad and she was shrill and she made bad decisions and she was manipulative and horrible. And Sarah Wayne Cayley's who played her leaned hard into that. She did not try in any way to make that character likable. She like, she was like, Oh, they wrote be as a bitch i'm gonna just fucking nail it and so Lori was a interesting character because she was so awful 
Mm-hmm. And Sarah Wayne Cayley's did an amazing job playing a terrible character and a terribly written character. Whereas Sherry, I don't think like, like, I don't think that, uh, what did you say her name was? Her name is Christine Evangelista. I don't think she has the experience to do that work to well, say, she's been, she's oh, been doing this for a while. She's been, she's been on a law and order. I looked her up. She's been on Law and Order. She's been on um, White Collar, The Good Wife, Blue Bloods, Chicago Fire. Were any of these as a regular, or were these all just one-offs? Um, most of them are are one-offs, but she was the uh, eight episodes of The Kill Point, a um, couple episodes of 666 Park Avenue, six episodes of Lucky Seven, six up five episodes. You're not, of you're not Fire. making a great case. These are not wonderful shows. So. I'm not saying they're she's wonderful, not wonderful she's shows, she's, but she's been working. She's been working in TV since 2005 mm-hmm. and she's been working in film since 2007. People keep casting her without having that much experience with her for a lot of these shows I have not seen. I think it's not too hard for me to give her the benefit of the doubt considering how bad the writing is for this character. She could be doing her damnedest to try and make this work, and she's still going to run up against the fact that the words they give her are bad. These are the wrong yeah, words, Maybe folks. I'm being too hard on her just because I hate the character. So. No, I mean, she... It, I, think you, I think you are. I think, she's doing, I think she's doing a very capable job. She's putting the best lipstick she can on this pig of a character, and uh, I don't know if that's nice to say. Is you know what you mean, though. Look, I had a complete arc in the episode in this podcast episode, unlike almost anyone ever has on this show. <laughs> I went from being like Sherry is bad and everything is bad to be like, okay, maybe the actress is doing her best. Look, and this could have been so much better because we actually had the bit where these two became the Lone Ranger in the apocalypse, right? Yeah, that would have been such a great thing to keep going. But they did. Yeah, this could have been so much better. And and then I think they get different writers for every. I haven't looked at. I haven't IMDb it or anything. I don't know who wrote this one as compared to their previous episodes. Um, But it's not going to be the same people because those people aren't asking the people who wrote before them what they did, and they sure as hell ain't watching the show. They're taking the showrunners' notes and doing that. That's it. So I think one of the problems that Fear the Walking Dead has given for itself is a problem that the Walking Dead universe has in general, which is you have these casts where they have so many characters and you either have a whole bunch of episodes where somebody, that lady in the sweater is standing in the back of the scene and hasn't said a word since season two, or you do what they did here, which is they basically split up the entire cast and everybody got their episode. And a couple of years ago, where they kind of made Fear the Walking Dead into its own little anthology show because you were never with a character for two episodes in a row. And that worked. That that has it worked. Wor- it worked to a point, yeah. It, and, you know, I think that uh, season four of Walking Dead did that for like the first half of the season and it worked really, really well. And I think it can work, but I also think it can be a really, really good way for you to not give the characters any growth. Because if you don't see that character for six episodes, you're not necessarily going to be inclined to write that character as a new person, even though like a year has passed for them. 
and they would have changed in some way because it's the apocalypse and change happens fast. You know, life comes at you fast, man. Um, <laughs> if you don't stop and look around in a little while, yeah. sometimes a zombie. No, it's not eats coming you. at me fast. You know, it's, oh. not coming at me. it's the end of this episode. That's uh, one of the, my favorite things happens during this episode is Alicia gains one of her Walker powers where she magically appears behind Morgan <laughs> and he's like, where did you come from? And she's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> she literally says that he says, where, what happened? Where'd you come from? Cause she just like shows up like, like, like he's in the middle of like a barren wasteland with a couple of cars in it. And she just like shows up. Hey, so that was funny. I like that. Yeah, I love I love how they they uh they make characters who are well bonded and very close still don't reveal all the information they have to each other just because the writers don't know how to justify what they just did. Well, you know, this all the proof we needed that Alicia is going to become queen of the zombies is being assembled right in front of us. And then she will become the evil villain of the show because everyone has to have their turn. She's the lich queen. <laughs> and you know at this at, at the season break or the this the, the the break in between the middle of the season where it's like let's go to war and it's like yay war and then we haven't even gone to war in the 20 episodes since then or what six episodes or whatever her 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 need for vengeance evaporated immediately you know why because different writers they didn't want to deal with it that's what you got to show her for. That's their job is to keep this all coherent and going in a straight line and not. Well, they're not. Mm-mm, they're not doing that. I, I, you know what? I would forgive a lot about this part of the season. If there was, like I said earlier, a series of flashbacks that happened where certain things that like Wes is a spy or, you know, where when, when Morgan's like, where have you been? And he's just like, now nah, worry about it. Flashes and reveals where she was and what she was doing and like how that is like nailing a certain part of the plan. I would forgive a lot of the, if, and like all these weird little like, Strand doesn't realize who, like, there, he doesn't know that there's a resistance of the tower and it's like a flash. Like, of course he knows. <laughs> and he did this to get a counterattack, you know? Like, I would love that, but it's not going to do it. The show is not going to do it. No, it's not well constructed enough. We've come to expect poor plotting from the Walking Dead universe, and this episode delivers on it. Can't wait till there's the God event that washes away all of the radiation and all of the plants go back to green. For three well, years. Apparently, life. I heard uh, that production has left Texas. Yes, it has. They're now back in Atlanta. So they're going to, there's, there's going to be some sort of change. The scene is not going to be Texas anymore. They're going to change it to something else. They're going to build a forest retreat out of kudzu. Right. Look, they're, uh, they're going to win the show down to. I would love if they went back to Atlanta. I would love if. Uh, if Morgan, he's not going to be on the show anymore, but you know, that would be funny if Morgan decided I'm going to go back to my home in Atlanta or outside of Atlanta. And that's what he decided to do, but they're not going to do that because he's leaving the show at the end of the season. Well, it's a mess. It's a mess. I'm all good. Always all good. (laughs) Yeah. We have nothing more to say on this one, folks. If you let me me handle, let me handle this part. Join our Patreon. Go to outbreakchallenge.com. Use the code uh, zombie run, all one word. And that's how you can support us. Now, Tim, take us out of this bitch. Yeah. 
Find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, do all the things. If you have opinions about this, let us know. We have our own, obviously. Disagree with us? We'd love to hear from you guys. Agree with us? We'd love to hear from you as well. Oh, gentlemen. Oh, before before we thank each other and, and outro, um, you guys, guess what I found out today? Hmm. You're pregnant. A little Disney movie that Tim and I covered on this show called Zombies, where zombies, instead of eating brains, sang and danced and fell in love like Romeo and Juliet uh, with living girls uh, has... Not one, but two sequels. One of which they they sing and dance uh, against werewolves, and one of which they sing and dance against aliens. And I am demanding right now <laughs> that we watch both of these movies. Oh, I think we have to. I think I think it's the law. And folks- so. If, if you if you become members of our Patreon account, you will have access to these non-Walking Dead stuff that we do, because we will do a lot of these. And Kurt, what you can't see is Curtis's attempt to escape the curse that we are all laboring under and are why we're forced to watch the Walking Dead things. But you can't escape the curse, Curtis. The curse is eternal. You have to work off the the dead nuns and children that you're responsible for. I moved out of state. I'm not even, I live 600 miles away and I'm still doing this. That's right. Because you cannot, you cannot escape the curse. Well, it is this very thing that makes me happy and able to tolerate my own current predicament. So I, uh, I'm grateful for this opportunity to be angry about something that's not my normal life. There you go. Fantastic. All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening. We hope that you'll join us on our next episode where we will hopefully not have this. That fucking chance. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And again, folks, thank you for listening. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.